Hey friends, before we start this episode, I wanted to share about my Catholic shop. Together, the Lord and I created beautiful products for you to grow in your faith and to share with others. Be sure to check out the rosaries, greeting cards, stickers, and more at AbundantlyYours.org. Hey there, I'm Whitney, your host of the Abundantly Yours podcast. I'm a wife, college student, and entrepreneur ready to strive for sainthood right alongside you. Jesus put this podcast on my heart as a way to serve you better, so I am so pumped that you are here. I'll be hanging with you every Monday and Thursday to chat all things discovering your purpose, cultivating a relationship with Jesus, and everything else in between. Are you ready to fully step into who God created you to be? Let's do this, girl. Hello, Mary Ashley, and welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here and to share in a conversation all about the cross and relating Christ's sufferings to our own. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. I'm so excited to chat today. Um, Such a a cool topic we get to chat about. Um, But before we dive in, um, would you please introduce yourself? Sure. So my name is Ashley. And so whenever I introduce myself... um, I love, I I think that some people are like, oh, I do this, I do that. I do this and I do that. (laughs) I have been so humbled and um, just by the Lord. And so whenever I choose myself, I always like tell people like, well, first and foremost, like I'm a beloved and I am a beloved to the beloved. And um, that is really important to me to even just vocalize because I need to believe that and have like my eyes on fixed on that. So yeah, I'm a beloved to our beloved and it is because of him that I am who I am today. Um, I've been in ministry for the past five years in a large diocese of Atlanta. So I've been a youth minister, a director mm-hmm. of religious education. I've been working in parish life for the past five years, which is a beautiful, beautiful gift that I have been blessed with. Um, so yeah, the Lord has just invited me to this life of ministry at a very young age and I think one of the first things that people ask me is like, how are you so young? Like working in the size, <laughs> like it is literally God alone that could have yeah. brought me here. Like mm-hmm. I, I am a testimony to God's goodness and God's mercy and redemption and just someone that's willing to say yes to him. So mm-hmm. my ministry expands beyond that of like, I like go home and I feel like I, I just have to be the face of Jesus to my roommate or to yeah. the person next to me or um, to the people that I, like at my home parish, like to the people there, like I have to be the face of Jesus. And so I am just, um, yeah, like I, the Lord has just called me to this life of being very close to him and being yeah. his face and his hands and his feet in a radical way. Um, so yeah, like there's that. And then I'm also in school at Franciscan University online doing, um, just majoring in theology and philosophy. Yeah. I hope to be finishing that soon to expand my ministry in that way. And um, yeah, that's really it. I'm in Georgia. I have two siblings that I absolutely adore with my whole life. We're all best friends. I am Mexican Guatemalan. So my mom's from Mexico, my dad's from Guatemala. So I grew up in that culture and I speak Spanish, just little things about <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. Yes, that's so awesome. I love getting to know everyone. Um, I always, you know, the conversation always starts on Instagram and it's like, I just can't wait to like get on the podcast and get to like talk to them. So yeah, so fun to get to know you more. Um, 
Yeah. And just what a beautiful thing to get to serve in your everyday. Like that's something that I'm striving to do more and more um, just as the day goes on, you know, serving my husband, serving, um, you know, these people I encounter going to class, the people, you know, my clients in my design business and just getting to um, even serving people through the podcast. Um, And it's not easy. Like, um, you know, it's it's all usually suffering um, and there's always joy. You know, joy comes out of um, getting to serve and things. But um, yeah, so it can be um, hard to serve. We, you know, we have to suffer through some of that serving. So why do you believe that the Lord allows us to suffer? Um, so suffering is, a, is something I'm really passionate in talking about. I don't know. <laughs> it's <making me> dark. <laughs> no, I, I am very passionate about talking about this because that is the one question that I think a lot of us have is like, why do we suffer? Why does God allow us to suffer? Um, especially us as Catholics who are striving for holiness, right? We are in constant consolation of God. Like we constantly feel like this desire to serve, this desire to be loved by God. And we feel God's love, right? We feel God's love in the Eucharist. We have these highs, I like to call them, like these moments of God that are so high. And we're like, oh my goodness, like God is so good. And I feel his love and I know that I'm a beloved. But then when we're suffering, there's this moment where we're like, okay, God, like, where are you? Yeah. We... And there's some of us that just like, we get lost in that, right? So I like, I truly believe God allows us to suffer because when we suffer well, we know the cross. And it's like, what's the cross? Mm-hmm. Like the cross is the biggest love story that there mm-hmm. is. Like you look at Jesus on the cross and you, there's so many things that are going on. Like there is Simon who helps him carry it, which is like a form of community. Like who is carrying your cross? Who is helping you suffer in all of this? Yeah. And then there's these women who are weeping that are suffering with God in that way, right? In this emotional, I'm there with you, Jesus. Like I'm with, like I'm here crying with you, right in your face, suffering with you. And that consolation with Jesus and those women, there's um, Mary, right? There's Mary, they're the, the suffering of a mother. There's um, suffering with these two bad people. Like suddenly, like here's Jesus on the cross with these two terrible people next to him. And so we're just bad people who did bad things. And he's suffering with those kinds of people, yeah. you know, and those kinds of people are suffering with the son of God. So there's so many things going on yeah. that we lose sight of. And so I think that like, it depends on your suffering. Like, are you Mary? Are you mm-hmm. Simon? Are you this person who feels defeated on the cross next yeah. to someone that's really holy? Like, what is the cross? The cross is so many things. It's a love story for so many different kinds of people. Like the answer to your suffering is there. It's at Calvary. So I think that the reason Lord allows us to suffer is because there's this, there's this love, there's a supernatural love that I Mm -hmm. honestly, like I cannot comprehend still. Um, There's a, there's a love that is not comprehensible Mm -hmm. and the only way we can comprehend it is to suffer. And that sounds a little dark and like, like, but like, let's just kind of like digest and sit with that for a second. Like to choose to, you know, this, you're married, like you have to choose to love someone, right? Like you have to choose that. Like there's no longer, there's, it's not pretty. There's nothing that can offer. It's it's literally a choice. Like you have to choose to love them. Absolutely. that's how like, okay. So now Jesus takes away, right? Like the high, and he mm-hmm. takes away, like, the love. Um, he's going to love us. But, like, the feeling yes. to be the consolation, like, to be consoled. He takes away all these things, and now we're suffering. And it's like, okay, Jesus, like, now I have to choose. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. And there's this deep intimacy in that. 
Yeah. Um, there's an intimacy behind choosing to love somebody in that way in the midst of suffering. So I think ultimately it goes back to just like being in full union with him. Yeah. Um, and to be consoled in the sweetest yeah. way, right? Not in the way that we desire or we want it, but it's yeah. in a way it's a choice, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned a lot of, um, I've learned how to suffer a lot through the first two and a half months of marriage, you know, like, um, I wrote an Instagram post about this, but like just one example is, um, before we were married, I, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, so, um, I didn't have to start work until whenever I wanted to, you know? Um, so I would sleep until eight or eight 30 and lay in bed, which is a really bad habit to have. <laughs> um, but now like in the mornings, I'm up at seven every morning with my husband, making him lunch or breakfast or both. Um, and most of the time I just want to go back to bed, but, um, it's learning to one, choose to love, just like you, um, said, like, I remember the vows that I said to my husband on our wedding day um, that I vowed to get him to heaven and to serve him. And um, I've really been trying to serve and suffer more for him. Um, and it's insane how much um, peace and joy I felt and how much closer to God I feel just by offering up those little things of making supper or waiting an extra couple hours till he gets home to eat with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and yeah, the Lord um, has been calling me to, yeah, I've been a season of suffering, but a season of joy, a season of all these things going on. Um, just like a very like, okay, what's next? I don't know. Like, um, you know, just with my business and like the podcast, like he's calling me to do the podcast again and bring my shot back. And it's like, okay, Lord, like this is kind of scary. Like what's happening. Um, and yeah, yeah, it is scary. And so, yeah, there's people who are afraid to suffer, who are afraid to go through those hard seasons and um, just forget to cling to the Lord. So um, is suffering a bad thing to go through? No, I think that the reason people don't know how to suffer is because they've minimized the cross. Like we get so used to walking into a church and seeing like my beloved, like just, he's just like hanging on a cross, right? Like we get so used to that. We get so used to seeing Jesus on a cross and just seeing him in, in the passion. And I think that, um, when we lose sight of that, um, we forget and we minimize his own suffering. So yeah. then it's hard for us to suffer. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you see the greatest saints, like St. Teresa Lisieux and St. Padre Pio and St. John of the Cross, like they always talk about Calvary. And I always yeah. like, why are you always talking about the passion? Like, and this is where, uh, Protestants mm-hmm. are like, okay, like, Jesus resurrected. Like, why are we still talking about um, crucified Jesus? Like, why yeah. Jesus death and Jesus rose again? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, like, yes, Jesus beat death and he rose again. But the heart of Catholicism and Christianity is in that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. The Lamb of God, right? Who got slain for the for the world? Like, that's the heart of Christianity. It the resurrection is just as important because it shows God's redemption, right? It shows mm-hmm. that Jesus beat death and that we are going to be with we are in full union with God again, if, if we make that choice. But if when we minimize the cross, like then people are not willing to suffer or they don't understand the concept of suffering. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we're used to seeing Jesus on a cross and um, I think whether we need to meet him there more, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, God loved the world so much. Just as John three sixteen says, like he sent his son to the earth to, um, save us from our sins. Like how incredible is that? Like you look at the cross and if you, um, something I want to get more crucifixes to hang around my, um, um, our apartment, um, just to be able to see that. And just look, if you sit and just look at a crucifix and realize what actually happened, um, and what the Lord endured just for you, 
um, and how intimately like he wants to help you carry your cross. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so easy when you're in a season of suffering to go to comfort for, um, you know, comfort with food or comfort with scrolling on social media. It's so easy or become a slave to your schedule um, and just like completely losing sight of Jesus. And then when you take a step back and you're like, whoa, Jesus was right here next to me the entire time. And I didn't give him any credit. I was just turning to worldly things for my comfort um, instead of like spending time with Jesus. And that's something that I've been making a priority um, is, yeah, there's always work to do, right? There's always things that need to be done. Um, But taking a step back and being like, no, like Jesus is here with me while I go through these little things I have to do. Um, but it's more important to take these 30 minutes in the morning and just be with Jesus and start my day off on the right foot, right? Like, you know, you might have a good day or a bad day. You don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, that suffering, if you start in the morning and say, Lord, all of the suffering I endure today is for you or is for my husband or for this person I want to pray for and keeping that in your mind throughout the day, I just, it helps me knowing that like, okay, I'm suffering for this person. Um, Yeah, it's not fun, but it makes me holier and it helps me become humble because it's like they're going through something harder or um, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. 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 Yeah, There was a time in my life where like, I, like I had just gone through like the greatest heartache at the time. And I was just at a place of like darkness. Like I was battling depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. and, just in this place of, um, like, I felt like I was in chains through, like, addiction. Yeah. Um, and I was just, like, I remember being in front of the Eucharist and being, like, Jesus, I am not leaving here until you tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm sick of people telling me, like, offer it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sick of people telling me, offer it up, just offer it up. Like, that's not sustainable to me. And so, like, I, like, what do I do? And I here I am in a place of, darkness and a place of suffering and a place of um just pain like I I was suffering and I heard the Lord just gently tell me like beloved beloved like look at my face mm-hmm. the yeah. side of my face and I'm like Jesus where were you like where are you like I don't even yeah. feel you anymore like there's days there was like I'll never forget there were, like three days that I like, couldn't get out of bed because I was so depressed and I remember Jesus like asking him like where were you in that like I yeah. I couldn't get out of bed like I was so depressed and Jesus was like How? and then he like took me to that moment in prayer mm-hmm. and he showed me like he was sitting in bed next to me and he was crying with me and I think that sometimes in our prayer lives it's like oh just offer it up oh like Jesus has you he's there like yeah. we were we're we're expected to know these things but it's like when you make Christ real, when you make Jesus a person that cries and has emotions and loves you, mm-hmm. it changes things, it moves things, it moves yeah. heaven for you. Um, so I remember like being there and just feeling God's presence so heavily and him literally picking me up from the ground and just being like, give it to me. Like, give it, give me that. Yeah. I'll take it for you. But I need you to do this. Mm-hmm. And it was very clear to me that he wanted me to go to mass more. So I started to go to mass, to daily mass every day and to receive the Eucharist. And that's when it all clicked for me. I was like, oh my goodness, like the ultimate source and result of love and suffering is the Eucharist. Like, why wouldn't I receive, you know? And so I started to receive that more. And whenever I would go to mass, like it became more real to me. So 
when you read, like when you look at all the sacrifices in the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, there's always an altar. There's always an altar there or a mountain. They go to a mountain, they go to an altar, they do something for a sacrifice. And you go to mass and you see an altar and you're just like, oh, it's just like an altar, right? And it's like, no, like there's a sacrifice going on, right? Like there's a, we're meeting, time is stopping again for Calvary to meet us where we are. And here we are. And the moment that the host gets consecrated to my beloved's like flesh, like, like that, like I picture Christ on the cross looking at me, kneeling at a mass before him. Like, I, I think that's the courage that he got. Like Christ had to see something in his yeah. suffering. Like he, yeah. there's something that he had to see on the cross in order for him to be able to do it yeah. and say yes to that, to make it a choice. Because I mean, you read scripture and you see that the Lord like cried in the garden, like <laughs> sweat blood because of how scared yeah. he was of sacrifice. And then he's on the cross and he's like, God, why did you forsake me? Like you see these emotions, right? These yeah. human emotions of Jesus in his sufferings that it makes it clear that he chose that for us. And we're like, oh, like, of course he's going to choose that for us. He loves us. But like, he could have said no. And he was never yeah. going to say no, right? But he, there was this humanness part that also allowed him to suffer and like with us. So I think the, the biggest source of suffering is like running to the Eucharist and mm-hmm. not offering it up. Like I understand what people mean like, oh, offer it up. But I think that's just something that we in Catholic culture have made like, oh, just offer it up. Like you're going to be uh-huh. fine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, like Jesus wants you to be with him. And yeah. so I think that don't offer it up, like join him, tell yeah. him, look at the cross. Where are yeah. you in Calvary? Who are you in Calvary? You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I definitely um, relate. When you kind of first started talking about like that's that really hard season you went through, um, you're talking about how the Lord um, reminded you of your belovedness and who you are. And um, I had a season just earlier this year back in like March. Um, I was just like struggling. I was like, Lord, like what is happening in this season? Like, I'm just ready to be married. I'm tired of school. Um, what is my career supposed to be? You know, all of these like kind of like big life things. I'm like, Lord, I just am so unsettled. Um, and so I went to confession and um, I heard the Lord say, you are not broken. You are my beloved. Mm-hmm. And I was like, remembering of whose identity, like where my identity belongs, um, because I've just kind of been praying a lot of like, you know, when the school year started here just a few weeks ago, um, I was totally just a slave to my to-do list and a slave to um, social media and like all these things of the world. Um, And I'm like, no, like it comes down to finding my identity and rooting myself in Christ. Um, And I found myself not even really going on social media, like I'll post on my story. and I'll go on there for like 15, 20 minutes a day when I post. Um, but then I just like find myself like having way more peace, not um, not being um, in the world, but, you know, yeah. being with Jesus and everything I do. Um, I've been spending my commute time all the way to campus um, in prayer, praying a rosary or spontaneously praying um, and just giving that time to the Lord because it's not fun to drive for 70 miles a day. <laughs> um, and so... Yeah, through that, just giving that to the Lord. Um, and it can be really hard to um, stick to Jesus in times of suffering. And it's hard to, um, yeah, maintain that prayer life and to, um, yeah, be consistent. And it's just, it's hard, especially when you, like, don't feel God there. Um, so how can, like, we maintain a prayer life in the midst of a season of suffering in our own lives? So, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get to a point here. I'm gonna share something, but then this answers your question. Yeah. So bear, 
Um, and I think also I forgot to mention like suffering, like the human soul desires to be seen and loved, right? And we, yeah. we know that and we hear that. But then I like contemplated in that one time and I was like, Jesus, like this whole idea of being seen and loved, like I don't get it. <laughs> and so I remember being like, like I don't understand what people mean by that. Like I feel like you do see me, right? Mm-hmm. And the Lord gently was like, no, beloved, I don't see you. Like I don't see your nakedness. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I still don't get it. So then I realized like to be fully seen, right? To be fully mm-hmm. seen in my, and to be fully vulnerable, I guess is the right um, term to use is like to be fully vulnerable and then to be fully loved afterwards. Like that is, that is powerful. That is very powerful. Um, and I think that to surround yourself with people, right. That mm-hmm. are able to receive you well after you're fully vulnerable, um, is a way of prayer. Yeah. It is a way of prayer. I have my opinions on Catholic community mm-hmm. <laughs> I do because I, have seen it, I've experienced it, where there's this idea of like holding people accountable, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, like I see your sin, let me hold you accountable. And I'm like, okay, did you love them afterwards? Or did you just call yeah. them out? Yeah. And that's a hard oof and like a hard pill to swallow, right? Yeah. Like I think a lot of Catholic community, Catholic culture is, okay, like this hold our Catholic like brothers and sisters accountable. Like we want them to get to heaven. Great. I'm on yeah. with you. Let's do it, right? But do you love them afterwards? Yeah. After that vulnerability? And that is powerful because that is a form of prayer, right? So I'm going to share something. It's like, um, so I recently like left one of my, my home parish, like one of the greatest places I've ever been in my life in my ministry. It was my favorite parish ever. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but like, you just don't want to leave a place. Yep. Yes. <laughs> you don't want to leave. Yep. But I, I heard God tell me, he's like, beloved it's time to go literally he woke me up on february 7th and was like beloved it's time to go and i was like where like where are you <laughs> go to work like yeah somebody get yeah. up and go to work Lord. <laughs> so i sit in my office and i feel this this like i'm not content anymore and i'm like mm-hmm. oh no like you really are calling me out of here the one place that i love that i was like clinging on to like the pastor there incredible Oh my goodness, that man changed my life. That, that his priesthood is part of the reason who I am today. Yeah. The community receives me well. Oh my goodness, I sing in that choir, and that choir has gotten me through so much. And I didn't want to let this go. And I was like, yeah. no. So then finally, I, w- I was obedient to the Lord and his voice. But there was great suffering in that. So there was another priest there, and he, I was crying to him. And I was like, I don't want to leave. Like I'm suffering. Like I'm. There's this suffering. There's this like I don't want to leave. I don't even know why I'm leaving. I love it here. And he goes, Ashley, it wouldn't be painful if it wasn't so good. I was mic like, drop. No, no. I was, like, I was like, this is good suffering. Like it's like then experience like good suffering. I was like, oh my goodness, why does it, why is it so painful? Like. I cried so much, Whitney. Like, I cried <sighs> so much for two weeks. I would just uh-huh. cry in my office. So then after I left, I the Lord brought into light this anxiety disorder that I have mm-hmm. that I've been running from, but I think that parish really um, just, like, made me feel safe all the time. Yeah. That I um, just, like, kind of put that on the back burner. So there, mm-hmm. then, then the Lord put a mirror in front of me, right, after I left that place. And I realized that I have a really, like, I have an anxiety disorder where – then I was having panic attacks out of nowhere and like, and like the feeling of like, I'm about to die because it's so bad, you know? Mm-hmm. And like this feet 
of I can't do my daily things because of my anxiety. Like I then discovered literally three months, like four months ago that I am in chains when it comes to anxiety. And so I started this medication, right? So I started getting on medication, which by the way, if you're on medication, great. Like mm-hmm. like you can, like that's not a bad thing. Like you can, but yeah. I started doing it and I just wasn't on the right one. So I started mm-hmm. becoming like really depressed and I started getting more panic attacks and I couldn't function. And so one day I go to have dinner with that pastor that I was saying earlier mm-hmm. and he can tell that I'm just not okay. Like he can, mm-hmm. he can see my suffering. He can see that I'm, I'm not okay. And so he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm great. You know, never. <laughs> and then he's, he asked me again, he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And then he's like, Ashley, I would rather you tell me that you're not, but that, that you don't want to talk about it. And so then I'm like, okay, I'm not okay. And I'm just going to be very vulnerable right now with why, where my anxiety was rooted in. So then it came to light that in in this process, right, in this process of leaving, in this process of everything, even a little bit beforehand, like, I started feeling, and the Lord started revealing very gently to me that I was molested when I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And so that brought, that brought all those emo- these emotions. Yeah. And I think God was like, I'm ready for you. Like, you're ready to face this, and I'm ready with you, oh. right? So let's leave your comfort zone. Yeah. Let's leave the people you love and just be with me. Like, be with me and be with the closest people that you trust. And so I opened up to him, who was my boss, by the way. So I like there was like this fine boundary between him and I that I was like, I will never like as much as I love him and he's one of my greatest friends, like I'm just yeah. not gonna talk that with him. Mm-hmm. So I shared that with him. And then so then then, and I'm telling you this because then there is this deep vulnerability with me. Like this man yeah. is not my spiritual director. He is not someone I would consider like a mentor. Well, he is my mentor, but not in that way. You know, like he yeah. was like a mentor so there was this deep vulnerability that I gave to this priest and he received me beautifully so well and I remember sitting there and being like I don't want to be seen like I don't want to be seen in this way like I don't want you to see my suffering I am now naked on the cross right and you are watching me you are looking at me naked on this cross and I don't want you to see me naked on this on my cross mm-hmm. and so then he's like telling me all these things like you know, just like ministering to me, really loving me through all of it, kissing my wounds, right? Because yeah. all these wounds are exposed. Like I'm like literally naked, like Christ wounded, tired, broken. And he is literally kissing these wounds and making them whole again. Mm-hmm. And it gave me an image of when we con- also console Jesus on the cross. Like when we go to confession and we kiss his own wounds again in the sacrament mm-hmm. of confession. Anyway, so then he's telling me all these things and I'm like, I know, Father. I know, Father, I know. And he's like, what's the point of you knowing if you don't believe it? I know. <laughs> Let's just say that day, I experienced what true vulnerability looks like in suffering. Yeah. And that is part of prayer. That is part of prayer, is being vulnerable with those around you, right? Those that you trust, that is a form of prayer. Um, I think that it's really hard. Don't go into the darkness alone. Don't do it. Don't just don't like it's not gonna work don't go into that darkness don't go into your into the place of fear by yourself Mm -hmm. it's not gonna work bring someone with you yeah like bring someone with you someone that you trust that will see you vulnerable and then fully love you afterwards that's a form of prayer that I believe you can get through suffering because if you start saying okay then I'll just pray more you're not going to be able to do it yeah you won't you won't it's through these people that lift you up and that builds you 
that then you can go pray with the Lord by yourself. Mm-hmm. God just used, like God used that priest beautifully at that moment for me. Yeah. So then I could go to prayer with the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Like then I had something to pray with. Yeah. Uh, the whole, what, what, why, why does it matter that you know if you're not going to believe it? Like I had to go pray with that, you know? Yeah. So a form of prayer is your community that mm-hmm. um, is going to allow you to be vulnerable and then be loved. And there's intimacy in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's incredible. Yeah. I definitely can look back at my seasons of suffering and see, um, yeah, did I, what did I do to get out of those? You know, how did I, um, you know, did I maintain a prayer life during that? And yeah, the community aspect is a huge thing. And like, if anyone who's listening is looking for someone, like always know that like, if you, you know, struggle with community, like there's always a priest who will listen. Like, um, that's the beauty of the church. Um, that's what priests are there to do. Like, um, yeah, if you struggle with loneliness or things like that, go talk to the priest. Like they are the most incredible people. Or even, um, if you have like nuns with, you know, around your area, like just anyone, um, or even like deacons, people, um, will love to listen. Like just, and it's hard to be vulnerable, um, but knowing that there's the mutual trust there um, and just, yeah, like a priest will not go share um, what you talk about. So um, being able to go um, go there and get to talk and just, yeah, allow the Lord to, you know, work through this priest um, to help you. Um, yeah. yeah. Priests are incredible. <laughs> and I am fruit of the priesthood yeah it is three beautiful men beautiful spiritual fathers that got me to where i am today yeah literally i also have this ex- <laughs> do you remember covid who for who doesn't remember covid time right like <laughs> during peak covid and one of my spiritual fathers and it was at that church he i was like in my office for the first time after quarantine i was just mm-hmm. so like over it and yep. right in my suffering and like like i was just suffering because then i like then family life became real right and yeah. that was like complicating and so then I was like sh- like stripped away from the sacraments I was like oh my goodness like there's just I think everyone suffered unison in that during that time. yes I finally go to my office and this priest comes up to me and he's like he was my my um my supervisor at the time and he comes up to me and he's like how are you and I'm like I can't tell you because I'll start crying oh, and then he holds yeah. my hand he goes I'll cry with you like let's cry it's okay like I'll cry yeah. with you and we did I was like at the end of the conversation I was like I'm so sick of this like I haven't received my beloved in like three months and I'm just so tired and and then he's like he leaves and he comes back and he's like I do private masses on Saturday at 9 a.m just come like he came and kissed my wounds you know yeah. And I want to get onto, and I'm sorry if I like kind of digress of like what we're specifically talking about, but it's okay. Um, I want to get into like confession. Yeah. So I think there's this vulnerability. I mean, not I think I know there's this yeah. vulnerability in going to the sacrament of confession. So I remember going through a time where I was struggling really badly with an addiction, and I was struggling. Oh my goodness, so badly that I was going once a week. Like I there was a priest that convicted me enough to be like, you need to come every time you fall. Every time. Yeah. Because God gives you the supernatural grace to be able to do it, to, mm-hmm. to like overcome it. Yeah. I remember being in the confessional line and like shaking, like just like shaking. I'm like, why am I so scared if I like 
know that this priest isn't going to condemn me. And I know that God so badly desires to be there in my darkness with me. And so then I receive this like vision from Christ and I see Jesus like come up to me, crucified Jesus, like wounded, crown of thorns, bloody. And he puts his hand on me and he's like, beloved, whenever you come to the sacrament, you kiss my wounds goodbye. And Jesus is like really beat up. And so then I come to this acknowledgement of like, how beat up do I bring Jesus to the sacrament? You know, like how beat up is he? Like, cause he's ultimately taking all that, my sins for me. Right. So there, mm-hmm. there's this sacrifice there. And so I'm like, how, how beat up am I going to bring my beloved the next time I go to the sacrament? But when I'm there confessing, he's kissing, I'm kissing every single one of the wound that I caused. Mm-hmm. And then I leave with like resurrected Christ, right. With clean, yeah. like a full, not like not wounded Jesus. And so the sacrament of confession, like, you want Jesus to meet you in your sufferings, like, go, go. And, and for the person that hasn't gone in years, like, like Jesus is so ready for you. You know, like, yeah. I've had the most powerful confessions. And I can tell you that not once have I ever left, like, wow, I'm never going to go back again. Yeah. You know, like, it was that bad. Like, it's just, again, being seen, being vulnerable, mm-hmm. and then yeah. being loved and received again by the Father. Like, there's mm-hmm. something so powerful in that. Like, you want a living, tangible kind of Jesus meeting you and yourself will go to confession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's sometimes so hard to get yourself to get into the confessional, you know, like yeah. the devil eats at you. So, you know, like the devil and the enemy, has, he can just do anything he wants, but you, he can't though. Like he can get into your head, but you have to like stop him, you know, but remember back where your identity comes from. Like, you know, when I, um, you know, before I go to confession, I'm like, Lord, like I'm so broken, but I know I'm going to come out just like, you know, more beloved than I was before. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but, um, you know, like the Lord desires to meet you there. Um, and the more, um, the more you go to confession, the more you're going to be able to receive the graces God has for you. Um, and just, you're going to be able to be more like Christ and being able to be more vulnerable. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Confession is so good. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the last question we have, um, and we can keep chatting. I'm never on a timeline. Um, so like, yeah, our topic was all about suffering, right? And so um, suffering can be hard and all the things, but like, what do we get out of suffering? Intimacy. Mm, yeah. intimacy. Um, and I think any anyone living out a sacrament of marriage or religious life know that. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I can't wait for the day that I'm a spouse to yeah. Jesus or to a man. I'm very open to both. I'm very open yeah. to what God wants for me. But that's the one love I haven't experienced yet. Yeah. You know, and so I'm so excited to be able to to see that and to mm-hmm. tangibly feel it in that intimacy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's intimacy. Like you yeah. want to be intimate with the Lord, go through suffering with him yeah. and bring him with, bring him with you. Make yes. Jesus real. Like make Jesus real. Don't make it this man who died on the cross. Like make him real. Like mm-hmm. he knows you. He loves you. He knows your name. Like yeah. I, in my prayer life have been able to envision the Lord as my best friend, like him and I, like running through fields together and sitting down and talking and bringing him to life for me. And 
And that's make it that's made it so easy for me to be able to suffer well. Especially when I try so hard to see the face of Jesus in everyone. I see the face of Jesus in you and I yeah. see the face of Jesus in the priest that mm-hmm. have mentored me. I see the face of Jesus in the teen that's troubled, that is suffering and is doing drugs and alcohol. I see the face of Jesus in the woman that had an affair in her husband. Like I see the face of Jesus in the choir director at my parish. Like I see him everywhere and that makes it easier to be able to suffer well mm-hmm. and it be, to be more virtuous. It allows me to not judge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It allows me to not judge. Um, but if you want intimacy with the Lord, one of the greatest ways is to be open and receptive mm-hmm. to suffering with him. Yeah. Don't be afraid of suffering. If you look at the greatest ways, they all suffered. Yes. They all, suffered. they all write these things about they sound like love stories. You read yeah. the writings of St. Teresa of Sioux and St. John of the Cross, like mm-hmm. they're love stories, but they only talk about suffering. Yeah, yeah. It's because it's, I mean, love consists of that, you know? Yes, exactly. It's also easy sometimes to think like, oh, God knows everything that's going on in my life. Um, and especially in the season of suffering, it can be, well, he knows what's going on. Is he ever going to get me out of this? You know, sometimes it's easy to blame God. Um, and also just like, it's easy to be like, well, God already knows what I'm going through, but like God desires to hear that from you. That's something that I've been really trying to grow in lately is like, yeah, God knows I feel this way, but I'm going to tell him and ask him to help me. Right. Mm -hmm. Like he desires to know who you are. Although you can think, yeah, he does. And yeah, he does know who we are, but like he wants intimacy with you. Right. And yeah, it co- and the, the greatest intimacy is experienced through the sufferings, just like you said. Um, yeah, I don't know. Intimacy with Christ is something that I'm working on growing in every single day. And um, yeah, through the sufferings, through the joy, you know, through the laughter and through the pain, everything, you know, all the emotions we experience as humans, like, God wants to be there and he wants to experience that with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And you can suffer and have peace. Yeah. That's virtue, right? Like yep. you can suffer and go through something really hard, um, very, very hard, but there's this mm-hmm. underlying peace under it that yeah. you just you just know that mm-hmm. it's that you're going through it and that God doesn't take that suffering mm-hmm. and not do anything with it, right? Like yeah. there's a priest last time in my confession, he, he was like, the only reason, like the reason God does these things to people, like suffering and bad things, bad things or whatever you want to call them to people, mm-hmm. just hardships, is for salvation and for a, a better awareness of the truth. Yeah. Like I don't, suffering isn't ever wasted, you yeah. know, yeah. ever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Such a good topic. Such a good conversation. I, I just love getting to do podcasts because I always like just gain so much from them and I'm like I just always feel so honored to get to share conversations like this with other people like um yeah I don't know God is so good (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. what is one piece of advice that you want every young Catholic woman to know I love asking my (laughs) my um guests this question (laughs) well in regards to suffering St. John of the Cross, he wrote a book. I don't know if The Dark Night of the Soul. 10 out of 10 recommend. You think you're at the highest peak of your spirituality and then he like brings you back down like 10 levels and you're like, well, never mind. <laughs> he said one, in his book, he's, he said, love consists not in feeling great things, but in having great detachment and suffering for the beloved. Yeah. So 
it just goes back to like what love is, right? Like love isn't these great things. It's detachment. It's detachment of the world. It's your eyes fixed on the beloved. And I advise everyone, everyone, married, not married, women, men, everyone, make Jesus your beloved. Like I don't even say Jesus anymore. I say more beloved now because make him real. Make him real. Make him so real. It's a love story that you don't want to miss out on. Um, I think we can get caught up in ministry. We can get caught up in being in community and being a perfect Catholic or the rules, right? Mm -hmm. Just make Jesus your beloved. Yeah. And in that, in, your, in his belovedness, you'll discover your belovedness. And in that, you'll discover intimacy mm-hmm. and what the mass is in a radical way and what suffering is and who the saints were. Like, again, if you read all these stories from the saints, they don't talk yeah. like theologians. They don't talk like ministry. They don't talk like these shows. Like, they're not trying yeah. to prove anything. They're literally writing a love story between them and the Lord. So yes. make... Jesus, a beloved to you. That is my advice that I would give to anyone. Yes, yes, mic drop. Oh, so, so good. I love, I love that. I think it's so easy to just, um, yeah, you know, go to mass, go through the motions, see Jesus there. Just like we talked about at the very beginning. Um, But yeah, kind of coming back down to like your own littleness and remembering like, um, one, we can't do anything without him, but two, like, yeah, God is real. God is good. Christ wants to know you, um, and, you know, pray with that. You know, if you struggle with that, pray with it. Tell God, I want to know you more. You know, I want to make you real in my life and he'll do it. He'll make himself known. He does, he does things the way he wants, (laughs) you know? Um, and yeah, just being open to receive what the Lord has for you. You know, it might be the complete left field thing you won't won't ever imagine will happen, but, um, God's always the best. (laughs) Yeah, and one thing that, um, like, I write a lot, and at the end of my writings, I write Fiat Beloved, and it's because another reason I'm here where I am today is because I've never stopped saying yes to him. Like, in the little moments, like, do this, please do this, like, in that obedience, like, I've never stopped saying yes. And so just keep saying yes to Jesus. Like, as hard as it is, as uncomfortable it can be, like, I've kicked and screamed and been like, no, no, no. And then in the end, I'm like, okay, fine. Like, I'll do it. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not saying that I was perfect in my yeses, but I ultimately said yes mm-hmm. to it, you know? And that's yeah. Jesus will take that and run with it. Like, oh, yes. goodness, he's like that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So good. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I had such a blast getting to chat, um, getting to know you more and just getting to, um, yeah, have a great conversation together. Same. Thanks. much. Hey girl, we've made it to the end of this episode of the Abundantly Yours podcast. If this episode touched your heart in any way, I would be so thankful if you could head on over to subscribe and leave me a review. That way, you'll never miss another episode. Be sure to go follow me on Instagram at abundantly.yours for more. See you next time.